If my dreams make me anxious, then they disturb the lordship of Jesus. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have Bill Johnson again, and he is finishing out his series on kingdom abundance. And he is talking about several different things today. And one of the things that really stood out to me is that if our dreams make us anxious, then we're disturbing the lordship of Jesus. And that's what this whole message really is about, the thread of the fact that we have to have Jesus as Lord of our life. It's not that we can't have money or have abundance in life because that's what Jesus has called us to. In fact, in John 10:10, 10, 10, it says he's called he he came to give us a life of abundance to the full till it overflows. But it's when we make that our our God. And so sometimes, you know, in our life we make our dreams kind of like a God and so we get all anxious when we don't see them coming to pass instead of just relying on Jesus and relying on the lordship of Jesus. Here's Bill. But if I were to list four lessons that to me each uniquely demonstrate how the lordship of Jesus, how it looks like in different facets of our economic lives. I would say number one is generosity, but the second one is contentment. Not contentment in the sense that I have no dreams, but contentment in the sense that I am able to live fully in the lane that I'm in, in the season that I'm in. I don't live with anxiety. I don't live with frustration because we do need another bedroom and we don't have it. We've got three kids in one bedroom, whatever the case might be. I'm I'm not going to live anxious because that I'm going to thrive in, in the setting that I am in because there are people in the world that are much worse off than I am and I'm going to live thankful. Do you understand what I mean? That bounty, that bounty of just living with a full heart. It doesn't mean I don't have the dream for the bigger house with the bedroom. I think that's very legal and proper and right. But when my dreams make me anxious, they disturb the lordship of Jesus. So we've got generosity. We've got contentment. That's that area of thankfulness in our our present state. The third one, I've never heard anybody teach on, but I've started to go after a little bit more in, in recent years, and that is excellence in our purchases. I think we're supposed to illustrate it doesn't mean everybody drives a Rolls Royce or I'm not, I'm not after that. But I am saying, I am saying do the best you can do with what you have. Don't be careless. Don't be careless because we're illustrating to people an ability to care for a natural world. This is a touchy one and I'll, I'll probably dig a real big hole and fall into it when we finally get into it. But I, I, it's a personal conviction. I, I, I think in order for us to disciple nations, we have to know how to handle resources well. And generosity, while it is my absolute personal biggest priority in life, is not the only lesson I must model to be able to disciple the nations. Sometimes the way you disciple the nations is by the fact that you, can, you care for what you purchased and it's excellent or it's beautiful. It's the best that you were able to do in that moment. Does that make any sense? I feel like we're supposed to illustrate values. I'm I'm on a rabbit trail now. Forgive me ahead of time. 
Can you love people without loving God? (laughs) Then why did Jesus say, if you love your mother or father more than me, you're not worthy of me? So let me ask the question again. Can you love people more than God? Can you put people ahead of God? Of course, we can. Can you love God without loving people? No. So the answer isn't to remove people out of the equation so that you can love God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some say, well, I don't want to put people ahead of God, so forget people. I'm just going to love God. How many of us have run into those folks? It's just me and Jesus, and the rest of you, I don't care what happens to you, you know. Those folks are a dime a dozen. They think they're totally devoted to Jesus without any other human being in their life. So here's the point is you can put people ahead of God, but you can't love God without loving people. The scripture says that our love for God has to be measured by our love for people. In fact, John, 1 John says, if I say I love God, but I hate my brother, I'm a liar. So that, that tells me then my love for God who is unseen is measured by how I treat the seen, the visible. People. Yes? Yes, you're making me work a little harder than I thought I'd have to on this one. All right. Can you put possessions above God? Yes. Is it possible that your love for God must also be seen in how you care for and take care of this world that you've been put into? See, that's the the only point I'm trying to make, is we claim spiritual realities, but they have to be measurable in how we treat the natural, material, relational world around us. All right, the four areas, generosity, contentment, the third one, the area of excellence, uh, excellent stewardship, I'm not sure of a good title for it yet. And the last one, all the parables of Jesus about money, all all of them that I can think of offhand, and there's a number of them, they all had to do with his expectation of increase. Every illustration that he gave of business in Scripture was always about increase. The talents, the minus, they were always about, he expected the landowner, and in, in, uh, in this other case, uh, the laborers, they're always, always expecting increase. So the point is, I want to see every person in this room have multiple streams of income where we learn how to steward what we start with, which is small, but we steward it well where the Lord teaches us. We learn through study, through classes, through books, through whatever, how to invest properly so that in 10 years, 20 years, whatever it might be, there's multiple streams of income. Why? Because of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8, or 9, verse 8. Always having all sufficiency in everything, we might abound into every good work. How many of you are tired of seeing needs like we just saw on the screen up here of our dear friends whose car blew up in the Middle East? How many of you are tired of running into those needs and being unable to do anything? See, that's what he's saying, is is being so well taken care of because of wisdom in stewarding investment 
that we actually have multiple streams of income so that when a need comes up, we have an abundance for every situation that comes to us. There's always something. And that is the Lord. That's the Lord longing to put us into a place, not of being, uh, you know, just these big absorbers of income for our own pleasure, but being able to monitor well. Buy what you buy, do it with excellence. Buy the burger house, do it in Jesus' name. Look, pray for direction, have him show you what to do. Let's believe God for, for the perfect house for you, the perfect car, the per- perfect everything, so that we can illustrate what it is to be good stewards of a material world. But in the process... Let's learn how to multiply the resources God has given to us so that our money actually works for us. And there are multiple streams of income so that when our friends need a new vehicle in the Middle East, this time it's not an offering, it's an individual. See, I think that lesson is necessary for the people of God, just disciple nations well. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, he said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So whenever you see death, loss, and destruction, you see the fingerprints of the devil. They're not God's fingerprints. Death, loss, destruction. The enemy was there. Then Jesus follows and he says, but I came, do you want to know why Jesus came to earth? He's telling us, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of extravagant life, extreme, not barely over the edge, extreme, excessive is another word that is used for this abundant, abundant, the word abundant, abundant life, excessive, beyond measure, more than enough is what this life is to be like for every believer. I, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but it'll, it'll just be worth it. <laughs> we talk about and, and sing about and do all kinds of stuff about wanting more of the Lord. But in John 4, he actually said, when you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. I'm always pushing in for the more, but listen to me carefully. I feel like the Lord is wanting to bring us into something where we realize what we have, and we no longer live with the mentality, I need yet one more thing to happen so that I can fulfill my purpose. It doesn't mean not, God's not gonna bless me. It doesn't mean he's not gonna encounter me. It doesn't mean there's not gonna be another prophetic word or promise or challenge, or whatever. That's all a part of the life. But the point is, if I constantly see myself in need instead of seeing myself being fully supplied with what he promised, then I'm never going to be able to lead people into the ways of the king and his kingdom and I'll always be the one looking for help. Well, that was Bill Johnson, and you can find that clip on YouTube or at his podcast if you search under Kingdom Abundance, Bill Johnson. Also, you can find out more information about him and his ministry at bjm.org. Well, that is all I have for you today. I will see you again tomorrow for Fun Friday. Again, please rate and review this podcast if it has blessed you at all and share it with your friends so they can also be encouraged in the Lord. I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye.